Welcome back to another episode of our War Series. Just as soldiers needed the right gear, we'll discover the essential tools God provides us for victory. Pastor Matthew is going to share his personal ritual of putting on this symbolic army socks before preaching, emphasizing the importance of being ready and equipped. We'll delve into Ephesians 6 verses 13 through 17 to uncover these powerful spiritual weapons with a focus on prayer and the strength of community. God has given us everything we need to overcome life's challenges and live victorious. So sit back and enjoy the challenge. Oh man, it is so good to be in the house. Thank you for choosing to come and worship with us today. I'm going to kick that off the stage so I don't trip and fall over that pen. Man, it is good. Hey, listen, some of y'all I don't, I've never seen before in my entire life. Let me just tell you something. When I preach, I'm not just giving a lecture. We are engaging God's word together. Are you with me? And so as I preach this morning, I don't want you just to sit there like a knot on the log. I want you to sit here and engage with me like Jesus is speaking to us and using this old guy right here. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. I'm not great. But somehow, some way, the Lord speaks through me. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you'll receive it because God's got a word for us today. Man, I'm excited. We're in week four of our series entitled War, and it's been a powerful series so far. Last week, we talked about readiness, and this week, we're going to talk about the equipment that God has given us to live the victorious life. It's not enough to know you've got equipment. It's not enough to see the equipment. If you're going to be victorious, you've got to use the equipment that God has given us every single day so that you can overcome the battles every single moment. Are you with me what I'm saying to you? Are y'all with me? Okay. Uh, In the military, not only do you need to be ready to fight, but you need, listen to me, But you have to be equipped to fight and ready to use the weapons when it's time to fight. Let me tell you a little story about how I get ready to preach every time I I show up, okay? Uh, One of the things, I'm going to move my chair over here because I want you to see. One of the things that I do is I go over in my closet. We have a cedar chest. Anybody have a cedar chest in their house? Some of y'all do. There you go. Uh, What I do is I sit down on my cedar chest and I go over and I get my socks and I begin to put on my socks. Now, I want to show you my socks. These are... uh, I'll say captain's socks, okay? These aren't military regulated. These are just something I bought at a fancy store with the camp, with captain on them. I mean, listen to what I do. When I'm putting my socks on, I need you to work with me. There's this point to my story, I promise you. But when I'm putting my socks on, I remind myself, Lord, as I put these socks on, I'm readying myself for battle. And Lord, as I lead your church this morning through your word, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would begin to push back evil as we advance your kingdom. And God, as you push back evil, I pray that we would be so bold to walk forward into everything that you have given us because we are victorious in you. So God, as I put this on, don't let me forget, although I may be scared, although I may not know what to do next, although I may not know what to say when it comes my time, Lord, would you have your way and thank you for the victory that I get to stand in this morning. Now, it's not always like that. Sometimes it's a little something different. But every time, listen to me very carefully. When I put my socks on, uh, I let it be a visible representation of my equipping from God for a specific 
task, for the task at hand for that day. Somehow, listen to me very carefully, verbalizing what I'm doing subconsciously gets me thinking that not only am I battle ready, but it focuses my mind on the truth of war that I am living in for the moment. If you don't realize you're in a battle, you probably already lost. If you're not ready for battle, you're going to lose when it comes. And not only are you going to lose when it comes, if you don't know how to use the equipment that God has given you, you are going to be defenseless and you're going to get whipped like you've never been whipped before. Some of us in the room today are living whipped like we've never been whipped before. And I want to say to you, God's word is not just so we will live a defeated life, but he came so we could live the victorious life. And so we don't have to live whipped. We can live confident and bold of what's to come is better than anything we've experienced yet. That's to get somebody excited. I don't know. Uh, one of the things that I've learned in the army is um, if we don't know and trust our weapons, we won't use them effectively, nor will we win our fight. In the army, we have weapons. Anybody know that? Did you know we have weapons in the army? Uh, the Marines, they have weapons. Uh, the Air Force, they got planes. Uh, I'm kidding. They got weapons. That's funny. Uh, the Coast Guard, they got weapons. Listen, Space Force, I guess they got weapons. I don't know. It's so new. I don't know anything about it. But li- here's what I, but listen, in our spiritual lives, we have weapons. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's saying the church is the place of equipping. The church is the place that when you go, not only are you equipped, but you are sent out knowing what to do, not just having heard, but knowing how to apply God's word for victorious living. Are you with me? Uh, So the, the title of today's message is this, Weapons of Mass Evil Destruction. Weapons of Mass Evil Destruction. And here's the truth that we're, that we're going to build on. You've been given everything you need to overcome the enemy and live a victorious life. You've been given everything you need to overcome the enemy and live a victorious life. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3, just in case you want to know and, qu- and question that, says this. His divine power, whose God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, That's a victorious life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Let me pray for us. We're going to dig into Ephesians chapter 6 today. Lord Jesus, we lift you up. And God, I'm so thankful that, that God, we can not only be confident, we can be bold, we can be excited, we can be filled with joy. No matter, Lord, what we walked in here with, we can walk out excited for the best is truly yet to come because we don't have to walk in defeat. We don't have to walk in fear. Lord, we can walk in victory because you have won the war between good and evil. And so, Holy Spirit, as we lean into your word now, would you speak to us? Would you show us not only what the equipment is that you've so graciously given us, but, Lord, would you give us the opportunity to apply it today, but not just today, every single moment and day of our lives. Oh, Lord, what a difference it makes when we apply your word. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We are in Ephesians chapter 
6. Please turn in your Bibles there. Last week we looked at it and began to talk through the readiness of battle. If you have your bookmark there, just open it up. We're going to continue today talking about the equipment that God has given us. Let me just kind of share this with you. Ephesians, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. To, to the church at Ephesus to not only help them be ready and realize that there is a fight, but to give them an understanding of the equipment that God has given them in the fight. So not only does Paul want the people to know they're in a battle, he wants them to know this is how you can be victorious in your battle. And let me just say this to us. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but I would bet all of us at some point in our life, especially if we feel like we're losing our battle, would like to know how to win our battles. And so Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus, hey, listen up, people. This is how you win in your spiritual battles in your life. And if we'll know it and we apply it, it's going to change everything. This is what he says. There's three, I'm going to tell you now, there's three primary pieces of equipment that God gives us. Three primary pieces of equipment. We're going to walk through them. Beginning in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 6. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. That's equipment piece number one. The whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, this is key, in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, what's the first piece of equipment? The whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Uh, just in case we want to know what the full armor of God is, Paul goes on to explain to us what the full armor of God looks like. Stand firm then, how about this, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can... Uh, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to say it again. I just need it to be clear. The first piece of equipment that God gives us to help us live the victorious life, listen to me, is the whole armor of God. You with me? Uh, I was talking to a friend who's a retired uh, sergeant major of the 82nd Airborne. On Wednesday, he said, hey, I noticed when you were preaching that this whole armor, if you think of it from a military perspective, it's all designed for close combat. I thought that was interesting. Close combat. But what I want you to hear me say is that this armor, listen, is just a metaphor. It's a metaphor. There are some theologians that believe that Paul was thinking about Isaiah chapter 59 when he wrote this. Some say that's not true because there's some pieces, some key pieces of equipment that he doesn't mention as relates to Roman soldiers. But here's what I want you to hear me say. Paul isn't using the perfect picture, the perfect example, because I I don't think he wants us to see every aspect. What I think he's working to get the church in Ephesus to understand the general thinking of how we can guard our lives and prepare ourselves for battle. This is not about specifics. This is about a general idea. Are you with me? To be clear, this armor, and I need you to hear me, isn't a checklist. It's not a checklist. It's an aid to help us understand how to live victoriously, and listen to me very carefully, and what it looks like, what it looks like to be in Christ. 
If you remember last week, we talked about being ready, and the first way to be ready is to be strong, where? In Christ, and this is a practical example of what does it look like if I'm strong in Christ, if I'm in Jesus, what does it look like? And Paul is beginning to show us it's the whole armor of God is on us. This is what, this is in your notes, I think. Putting on the armor of God doesn't happen in a morning prayer time. It happens at the moment we understand our position in Jesus. Do you understand that? It's not a result of something that we have to put on each thing individually. No, 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 no. We get the whole armor of God when we get saved. Not one piece, not two pieces. Listen, when we give our life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior, he gives us, listen, the whole armor of God. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. But do you remember last week we talked about Paul? Paul said, and I think this is really interesting. He goes, there's some things I don't want to do, but I end up doing. And there's some things I do want to do that I don't end up doing. Remember that? And do you remember why he does the things he doesn't want to do? He says it's because of the sin in him. Okay? So sanctification, if you will, the maturing and growing in our spiritual lives, it's all about becoming sinless, sinning less. Are you guys with me? This is what it's all about. As, as we are growing in Christ, we are sinning less. This is called sanctification. And what Paul is saying, listen to me very carefully. How about this? Let me use a different example. Uh, we still got five kids at the house, and we like to watch Scooby-Doo. Anybody like to watch Scooby-Doo? Great. Uh, Paul says, again, listen to me. He says that the problem is the sin in him. And you know what's so interesting about Scooby-Doo? Is do you realize every single episode there's a monster, is there not? And, and the monster, although it may be scary, you can pull its mask off and what's underneath? It's a person. It's a person. And you know, and what Paul is saying is, the reason he does what he does is not because of evil out there. Listen to me, it's because of the monster in here. And I need you to hear me say this. Some of the greatest monsters you'll ever face in your life are not out there, they're right here. And it's called the sin in you. Why do you do what you don't want to do? Because of the sin in you. And Paul says, listen, but that sin will carry you places you don't ever want to go, but there's a way to overcome it. That's what Paul is relating to us. And in Romans 13 and 14, he tells us how to do that. This is what he says. How do we overcome the monster in us? He says this, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. In other words, listen to me. Paul's sharing with the church at Rome, the way you defeat the natural evilness of your own heart is to put on Jesus. This concept of putting on Jesus or clothing ourselves in Jesus means to figuratively take on the attributes of Jesus, which is the armor of God. And you may be saying, well, how do I do that? Listen to what Paul tells the church in Galatia. Okay, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, he's talking about how, how do we do this? Okay, he says this, for all of you who were baptized into Christ. Okay, now listen to me. Baptized, the Greek word is baptizo, which means to fully immerse. In other words, those of you that are all in with Jesus, that, that, those of you that have su submerged yourself into Christ, those individuals have clothed yourselves with Jesus. Not just one piece, not just two pieces. Listen to me. When you go all in with Jesus, you get all of the pieces, the whole armor of God, all of it when you're all in. Are you with what I'm saying? It's important to know that when you, how do you get it? 
It's not by trying to pick and choose which piece of armor you're going to put on that day. Listen to me very carefully. When we put on Jesus, we put on the whole armor of God. When you got saved, you got the whole armor. And you became victorious over the battle, over the war between good and evil. But I need you to hear me say, there are still battles that you're going to face every single day. Um. There's still spiritual battles. Just because you got saved doesn't mean that the battle ended. (laughs) The war was over, but there's battles that continue to rage. Um, I battled in my home this weekend. I got overwhelmed. I said things I shouldn't have said. I did things I shouldn't have done. I got to church, someone says something dumb. Hello? (laughs) And I battled. And I battled. Just because the war got over doesn't mean there's not going to be a battle that you have to be a part of. That you're not engaged in at every single moment. And can I just say this to you? I need you to hear me say this. There is a battle that every single one of you are in every single moment. I love what pastor said is that when things are happening, we need to ask ourselves, what's going on here? Listen to me. And if we're honest, we can say this. It's a battle. It's a battle. And this is why, listen to me, Paul is writing to the church and he says, you've got to get this armor on you so fast. You can't even, you better get ready and get urgent and put on Jesus. And why is that? Because verse 13 tells us there's an evil day that's coming. Uh, The word, the phrase evil day is really kind of interesting. It it actually means a specific time and a specific day, a particular day at a particular time. In, In other words, how does this apply to us? We need to be prepared, not just to resist when we're strong, confident, and on guard. That's actually easy. When you're ready for it, that's easy. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm anticipating the battle, it's easy to win it. But we need to win the battle, listen to me very carefully, and that be able to resist and overcome the evil one when we're least able to do so. When we're hungry and angry. Y'all know y'all get hangry. Lonely. Lonely. Because when we get lonely, sometimes we look for love in all the wrong places. When we're tired. When we're least able to do so, can we still be confident and overcome? And Paul is showing us how it's by being urgent to put on Jesus. I hate to tell you this, but this is just true. There are no times in our lives as Christians when we can sit back and relax, confident that we're out of view of the enemy. There's no times. Um, he comes with different tactics at different times in order to catch us off guard. How many of you watched college football yesterday? Some of y'all did. Uh, anybody like college football? It was fun to see OU and OSU whip up on these high school teams that they were playing. That was real cute. <laughs> that was real cute, wasn't it? Uh, how many of you realized that the quarterback didn't run the same play every play? He changed it up. They do the spread, then they do the power eye, then they do a trick play. Listen to me very carefully. And so will Satan. 
He will change it. And the only way to defeat and be ready on all fronts is by putting on Jesus. Our first piece of equipment, listen to me, is the whole armor of God, which is Jesus. Let's keep reading so we can see the second piece of equipment. And it's going to be real quick when we look at the word. And pray, that's it. That's the second piece of equipment. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. The second piece of equipment that, that God gives us in overcoming the evil one and living a victorious life is prayer. In Mark chapter 9, there's a, a story in, where Jesus heals this little boy of an unclean spirit. And as the story unfolds, we realize that, 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 that the disciples had heard about this little boy and, and they run to him and, and they're, they're trying to pray and cast out this evil spirit. And then finally, Jesus uh, didn't seem like on their time, but on his time showed up and they're like, Jesus, what in the world? Like, why can't we get this? Why can't we heal this little boy? And Jesus says this, and I think it's so interesting. He says, this kind of spirit cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Prayer. Listen to me. Prayer has a direct impact on spiritual warfare. And here's why that's true. Power increases where prayer prevails. Power increases where prayer prevails. We can see that all throughout scripture, but an easy place is Acts chapter one. In Acts chapter one, Jesus has already died. He's already gone to to heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the father. He's He's up there waiting until the second coming, right? And this is what the scripture tells us, that in Acts chapter one, the disciples gathered some of Jesus's closest friends. And you know what they were doing in the upper room? They had devoted themselves all with one accord in unity. They were praying. They devoted themselves to prayer. And the result The result of this prayer is Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, the Word of God goes forth, and thousands of lives were changed forever. All because of prayer. And you may be thinking, well, what kind of prayer can I I pray where I, I can potentially possibly experience the same miraculous type of transformative prayer? And we see it right here. Paul gives it to us in Ephesians chapter 6. This is what he said. Let me say this. The the prayer that will bring God's deliverance and power in the midst of spiritual attack, this is in your notes, consistent, intense, strategic prayer. We see it in the scripture, and I'm going to show you where. Okay, let me go back and read it. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Okay, listen to me. On all occasions with all kinds of prayer, it means consistent. In other words, pray at all times for all things. Be consistent to consistently pray. Pray for what? All things. How often? At all times. Pray. Be consistent to pray. Listen to what he goes on to say. With this in mind, be alert. I love, I love Paul. He says, he, got, he says this at one time. He, he says, hey, be a man and be on alert. Be intense. Be intent to make sure that, that as you are living and as you're consistently coming to God in prayer, do not let anything get by you. You be so intense in your, in your watching and in your going that absolutely nothing gets by what you are doing. Listen to me very carefully. Without you praying over it. Without you saying, Jesus. Pray for everything that needs prayer. For what? For all the Lord's people. That's strategic. 
pray with purpose. Be strategic in the what, the how, and the who. I, I preached a message before on short prayers, and one of the things that I said in that, in that message was, you don't need to pray for 45 minutes. Now, I love, I love it when I see people pray for, let's say, eight hours at a time or five hours. I think that's incredible. But listen, you don't have to pray for hours on end. You don't have to pray for hours on end for God to move. Do you understand that? We are his people. We are his children. If you have called on him and made him Lord and Savior of your life, and as a child of his, listen to me very carefully, he will respond when you call. Um, be consistent. Be intense. And be strategic. Listen to me very carefully. The more focused your prayer, the more specific the result can be. Um, but when it comes to using prayer as spiritual warfare, this is probably the most impactful statement I'm going to make. This is the key. Victory is fundamentally about trust. When you bring it to God in prayer, are you going to let God do what God needs to have done? Are you, when you bring it to God in prayer, are you praying to get your expectation met? Listen to me. Or are you praying for God to do what only he can do to get the outcome to be what he needs to, to happen? I wrote this in my notes, just a question. Do you trust God that he will bring the right answer for the best solution to your prayer? Because if, God's, if God answers, and I think he will, and his answer doesn't meet your expectation, then if you're not careful, your frustration with the unmet expectation will cause you to lose your battle. And so when you pray, listen, you must trust. God, I bring you my marriage. I bring you everything. I, and now I trust you for you to do what needs to be done. The second piece of equipment is prayer. The first is Jesus. The second is prayer. Here's the third one. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Do you realize when Paul wrote this, he's writing, listen to me, to the church, for the church. To the church, for the church. And he's looking to a group of people and he says, I need you, church, to pray for the church. The third piece of equipment that God gives us to fight our enemy, listen to me, is each other, the church. The church. I hope this isn't too simple, but the fact of the matter is this, there is strength with numbers. How many of you realize that uh, if you're cleaning the house, the more people are helping clean, the faster it gets done? Anybody? Uh, the same is true in our spiritual lives. Not only does Paul remind the church here in Scripture to pray for him, but he's he, he talking to the church. And so this is in your notes. This is going to be how I wrap it up. Listen to me very carefully. One of the greatest tools you have in fighting spiritual battles is your brother and sister in Christ fighting with you in prayer. I'm going to say it again. I just need you to hear me. One of the greatest tools you have in fighting spiritual battles is your brother and sister in Christ fighting with you in prayer. There is a reason... Jesus tells us to live in community, biblical community. There's a couple of scripture. I'm going to mention them briefly. James chapter 5, verse 13 and 16. Are you suffering? Do you know what he says? Pray. Are you sick? You know what you need to do? Pray. He walk, James walks us through one of the most practical books of the Bible. He walks us through all these different circumstances. And, and the end result is always to Pray. He says this even, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
In Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12, it's typically the scripture that's mentioned at a, at a wedding. And uh, you know the scripture, but I just want to make sure that you, you hear it in, in this way is, is that one, it says this, I think it's kind of funny. One, it's going to be cold at night. Two, it's going to be warm. But a three-quart strand is not easily broken. What's he saying? He's saying, listen to me, not only is there strength in numbers, not only are you going to be, not only are we better together, but we're stronger together. We're stronger. I was on Wednesday at the t- end of my uh, service, I was trying to decide what in the world, how are we going to end this? And the Lord just reminded me back of our truth. We've got everything we need right here. Jesus, prayer, and the church. And so what I want us to do, we're going to spend time and we're going to pray for one another. But before we do so, would you bow your head and close your eyes? With your head bowed and eyes closed, I I want to walk us through just exactly what James is walking the people through there. Are you sick? Are you suffering? Do you need some help? Do you need prayer? Then pray for one another. And if you'll be honest with me today in this moment, I'm just going to ask you if, well, I don't know what situation you may be walking through or battling, but if today, listen to me very carefully, if you need prayer, and there's going to be lots of you in here, people have stood up every single service, just tons of them, because they want prayer. If you need prayer, and we're going to ask, we're going to pray for one another, would you do me a favor? Would you just stand right now with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed? If you're saying, I need prayer in my life, would you please stand? I see people standing. There you go. Thank you for standing. Who needs prayer? Who needs prayer? Now with your head bowed and eye closed, everybody, now everybody else look up at me right, real quick. Now I want you to look around and look at who's standing. Look around. The Bible tells us that we should pray for one another. So this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. It's gonna be packed in here, but I want you to go to the people that's standing and we're gonna lay hands on them and pray. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do what God's word says. So right now, I want you to stand here. If you look around, who's, who's, who needs prayer? And I want you to go to them right now. Go. This ain't the time to sit. There's strength. There's power in prayer. And it's amazing that God's word says that when we pray for people, we can actually expect and anticipate him to answer. And as you're praying, I want you to pray the name of Jesus. You you may not know what to specifically pray for. But what I love about the name of Jesus is that, that Jesus heals. He brings hope. He covers. He brings restoration and redemption. What do you need prayer for? Jesus. As you guys are praying, you can pray out loud. Be bold in your prayer. Rebuke Satan. Rebuke the evil one. Cast the evil out. You can do that. Let's win. We're victorious. Let's walk in the victory that Jesus has given us. And as you're praying, the band is going to sing Jesus over us. Because with Jesus, there's victory. Lord Jesus, we love you. We pray for one another. And God, I ask right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you just rain on us? 
Lord, your people have stood. And by faith, they said, I need prayer. And Lord, by faith, we come to you, who is the only one that can answer our prayers. Holy Spirit, would you have your way in this moment? Would you heal us? Would you give us hope? We thank you for our future. It's in you. And because of you, Jesus, we believe the best is yet to come. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.